Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. I would like to thank ALK for being a sponsor of FACT's Roundtable podcast. Please note that today's guest was not sponsored by ALK or compensated in any way by the sponsor to participate in this specific podcast. The holidays are here, and we're excited to enjoy our special loved ones. But holidays can also bring stress and turn the best planned celebrations into challenges. Add managing food allergies to the mix and stress levels can rise even higher. We're here today to give you tools to turn those challenging moments into joyful memories. FACTS Director of Behavioral Health, Emery Brown, who is a nationally certified school psychologist, is going to help us explore solutions, tips, and tricks to create the best of holidays. Welcome, Emery, to FACTS Roundtable Podcast. We're absolutely delighted to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be back. Before we get started, can you share your background with our new listeners? Absolutely. So, so excited for some of those new people tuning in. I have my bachelor's degree in public health, and I have both a master's degree as well as an education specialist degree in school psychology. So I am a nationally certified school psychologist, and in addition to serving as FACTS Director of Behavioral Health, I'm a school psychologist in a district that serves preschool students up to sixth grade, and I live in New Jersey along with my husband and two cats. Excellent. Thank you for sharing. Let's dive right into talking about what kinds of holiday stress can come up regarding COVID-19 and food allergies. Both areas relate to health and families following the doctor's protocol. So how can we think proactively? What types of stressors might arise? Well, first off, I love the way you put it, how can we proactively think about the stressors? Because we all know that stressors can come. Well, on the flip side, it can kind of be counterproductive thinking about what is going to stress you out actually might stress you out. But on the flip side, it means that we can plan for it, that we can tackle it so that when the moments come, we're going to be equipped to tackle those stressors rather than being overwhelmed by all the stress that comes. And you're right. We know that it's coming. I know a lot of us really hope for a fresh start to the holidays this year, that things were going to be different. And around the country, some of us are celebrating that fresh holiday of reuniting and families back together. Some of us still aren't feeling comfortable with that. I know even within my own family, last week we made the decision not to have Thanksgiving as a big family again this year. And that's due to people's different various levels of comfortability. We opted for a smaller gathering with those nearbys. And this in and of itself caused certain members of my family to stress. So then think about that, COVID-19, family dynamics, and now add in food allergies, which is, of course, the reason that we're all here tuning into this particular podcast. And that's a whole layer of stress that existed ever before COVID-19. 
So we have the stressor of maybe anxiety, not only social anxiety of seeing people that maybe you haven't seen in a while, but also the anxiety that comes being at events that are surrounded by food. We all know that holidays are big days of the year that are food focused, family dishes that are time old traditions, going to friends' houses, everyone doing things like cookie exchanges or gifting candy canes or People love to give homemade baked goods out as presents and these different types of things where it could make someone with a food allergy uncomfortable, pressured, even peer pressure to eat something that someone else baked that they don't know the ingredients of or the uncomfortable, do I accept the gift and throw it away later or tell someone that I have a food allergy so they're not offended if they ask how it was and later I tell them I never ate it. All these kind of dynamics that maybe someone else wouldn't have to think of. A person with a food allergy, whether they're a child, teen, young adult or adult or a parent or caregiver, is going to have to think about during the holidays. Now, if you are going to a holiday party, whether it's friends or family, what's on the menu? Who's cooking it? Is it someone you trust to send you the ingredient labels to wash their dishes out? Or is it someone that you're not comfortable with? Is it even safe to go to that event? Or are they serving that food? Are they willing to not serve that food? Going a little bit away from food allergies, a lack of boundaries that some of us might have with our families or our friends, or not even us having a lack of boundaries, but perhaps other people not respecting the boundaries that we set. Uncomfortable conversations. I'm sure that each one of us eventually walk away with a conversation we wish we didn't have at a family gathering. And that could be another stressor. And I'm sure that there are a lot of other stressors that I didn't mention that somebody else might think about. But when we think about these things in advance, we can tackle them. And I know that we're going to get into different ways that we can handle these different stressors that might come up. But if one of those things on the list sparked in your mind of something that you hadn't thought about before, sit down and think about it. Talk to your kids going to different holiday parties with their friends or if they're doing a secret Santa or a white elephant or some sort of gift exchange where food will be involved. Ask them if they've talked to their friends. Ask them if they would like to volunteer to bring the snack or look for ways that There can be an event that doesn't have to revolve around food and be the one that's going to offer up those creative solutions, which I know a lot of food allergy parents and caregivers are already very familiar with that role. Thank you for sharing such an exhaustive list. It really helps me to think ahead. I don't do as well with off-the-cuff changes and things. If I have a chance to just think it through a little bit ahead of time, oh, my outcome is so much better. And that's exactly, you hit the nail on the head. A lot of us have a hard time with kind of dealing with the way our plans change. And that's that flexible mindset versus a rigid mindset. And especially when it comes to holidays where traditions are a big part of it, a lot of us fall into a more rigid mindset of we like things the way we like them, not because we don't want to be open to change, but because it's meaningful. But especially with COVID-19 and with food allergies, the more flexible we can be, the better. So staying right on this topic, how can we prepare for this holiday stress? Great question. First on my list would be set realistic expectations. Not every holiday has to be your favorite. And I'm team happy, team positive, team think the best. But also, we don't want to get let down or hurt ourselves. We can expect that XYZ relative is going to be there. They don't cater to our food allergies. And we're not going to get upset about it this year. We're just going to try our best to eat the food that we know grandma's making or something like that, that you know is safe and allowable. So you can set realistic expectations that this holiday goes really well for our family and this one doesn't, or we feel safer at XYZ holiday that we get to host, but 
when a different relative is hosting, we know that we might eat beforehand, or we might know that we need to come prepare with a different strategy if someone pushes our buttons the wrong way because we know that that's happened before. So set realistic expectations in that regard and also set realistic expectations that we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Some days it feels like we're not and other days feels like we're back in March 2020. The bottom line is we're still in the middle of a pandemic. So we also have to set realistic expectations about what other people are comfortable with. You know, I mentioned that my family canceled Thanksgiving again, and this caused some of my family members to be upset and feel bad. But we still have to set realistic expectations that we all still might have different levels of comfortability, and that's okay. Secondly is um, if you are going to an event where food is a focus or food's going to be there, prepare in advance. Ask for ingredient labels to be saved so you can read them once you're in on the premises and also have somebody send them beforehand. So then you're checking it twice, if you will. But also I know a lot of us, including myself, kind of get comfort out of that repetitiveness of checking the ingredients several times and confirming. So again, as long as it's someone that's serving and cooking that you feel safe with or it's something that's prepackaged that you absolutely can read the ingredients for, make sure that you're getting that sent in advance and that they're also saving it so you can ensure that that really was what they were sending once you get to the event. Or even better yet, you can prepare by volunteering to cook or being volunteering to be the host for that holiday, especially with some different celebrations moving into smaller celebrations. It's a perfect time to take the control in that respect and be the host so that as far as food allergies go, you're ensuring that your family feels as safe as they can. And if that's not something that you're able to do, make sure that different tasks regarding food are delegated to those people that you trust. My next thing that I would suggest for preparing to deal with the holiday stress is recognize what stops you from seeing things clearly. One of those things being, do you have a flexible mindset, which we just addressed a couple of minutes ago. The second would be holding on to the past. So a lot of the times we can think about how past experiences with relatives, past experiences at holidays went, we can let that blind us from seeing clearly of how a future event might go or how it could be different. Another thing that could stop us from seeing clearly is the fear of uncertainty, which has plagued a lot of us through this pandemic since so much has been uncertain. So hopefully we're better equipped at dealing with that now, but not necessarily. So don't let the fear of the uncertainty of the holiday, the event, the family that's going to be there stop you from seeing clearly. Another thing that can stop us from seeing clearly is desperately holding on to plans that are falling through. Again, something that happened in my own family, it's really hard to let go of plans that center around tradition, that center around family, that center around love and happy things and reuniting over periods of time. But that can stop us from seeing clearly about how we can be, again, flexible, adaptable, and open to the change that we might have to roll with this holiday season. Another thing that can stop us from seeing clearly is constant need for validation. Uh, a lot of us are seeking uh, validation, whether it's through social media or through the respect of a family member or comparing to what another person is able to do for their holiday. And that can stop us from seeing clearly and recognizing what's right in front of us. That's a good thing. And the last thing that we need to recognize if it's something that applies to us that stops us from seeing clearly is self-limiting thoughts. Oh, I'll never be able to do that. Well, I don't think I could host because I would never be able to do it as good as her. Or did you see that spread on Pinterest? There's no way that I'll live like that. My house isn't clean enough. All these different things. Or my family doesn't get along the way their family does. You know, we don't know the intricacies of everyone else's life. And a lot of the times we'll 
set self-limiting beliefs about ourselves rather than positively talking about ourselves. We'll limit ourselves when we're all capable of a lot more than we might think we are. Going down this train for preparing for holiday stress, I have two more things, Caroline, I'm going to get to real quick. The next in this line would be setting boundaries in advance. Again, the lack of boundaries or the disrespecting of boundaries is a stressor in and of itself. So set the boundaries in advance. Do you have to set a time limit? We're going to have Christmas or Hanukkah. You could come over from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And there's a hard end. People aren't coming at 2 o'clock and leaving at 11 p.m. when you're cooking and doing all these things. Or do you need to call someone in advance and say, if you talk about XYZ family member like this, you're going to have to leave or something like that, that what are you willing to tolerate and what are you willing not to tolerate? What will you do? What won't you do? Remembering that no is a complete sentence and doesn't require any explanation beyond that. Or you can say, I won't do that, but I will do this. You can offer alternatives. Not everything does have to be black and white. You can say no to something, but yes to something else. So setting those boundaries in advance. And then lastly, get your strategies together. We're going to talk about calming strategies in a little bit, but how can you self-regulate yourself during a time you already know is stressful. And self-regulation simply means recognizing where you're at. Are you angry? Are you sad? Are you overwhelmed? And then what do you need to do to get to a better spot or a better place? And so that might be breathing. That might be taking a break. That might be writing down your feelings or calling your friend or your spouse and talking to them. But recognizing, hey, I'm really overwhelmed right now. What do I need to do to get to a a place of peace or calm. Maybe I need to delegate a task or just take a break. Like I said, there are definitely different ways to self-regulate, but first recognize where you're at and what you need to do to get better. Because behind feelings that we have or behind a blatant, I'm getting angry or I'm upset, there could be a whole slew of emotions that are hidden beneath the surface, like anxiety or frustration or confusion or hurt or guilt or shame or jealousy or overwhelming stress. So If we take the time to stop and self-regulate ourselves, we can better identify those emotions as well. Thank you for that very detailed list that's so actionable. Now, can we flip it to the other side? Do you have tips or tricks which listeners can use throughout the holiday season to find the peace and the calm? 100%. And the best thing is, and it's going to be hard for a lot of people out there because having food allergies myself, having siblings with food allergies, being in a food allergy family, I know that one thing we all really love, or at least most of us, let me not say all, is control. But the best thing you can do to find peace is to make peace with what you can't control and focus on the things you can. So examples of things that you can control would be respecting others, being kind to others, the decisions that you make, the friends you choose to surround yourself, the family that you get together with and engage in deep conversations with, how you respond to the challenges you face, how you spend your free time, whether or not you're going to forgive someone, trying again, being honest, asking for help, working hard, apologizing. These are all things you can control. What we need to make peace with this holiday season that we can't control would be who likes us, how others treat us, somebody else's decision, the way other people take care of themselves, past mistakes, if someone else is going to choose to be honest with us, whether someone else will choose to forgive us, whether someone else will ask for our help or ask for somebody else's help, the way we look, of the weather, all of these kind of things are examples of things that we can't control. And if we're willing 
or at least if we're willing to try to make peace with the things that we can control and just focus on those that we can, we'll have a lot happier of a holiday season. The next thing would be to take things one step at a time. Small bites. If you have a long list of holiday shopping or holiday cooking, presents to buy, take it one step at a time. Make a list and chunk it. Don't feel like you have to do it all at once or look at it all at once. Believe the best. Do something for you. And my favorite thing, if you've ever listened to me on this podcast before, is remember to operate with self-care in many ways. There's emotional self-care, physical self-care, social self-care, spiritual self-care. And that's something I think we need to remember this holiday season, that coffee with friends, resting, using a face mask, working out, breathing, these all fall into different categories of self-care. So over these next two months of the holiday season, make sure you're hitting all of those areas of self-care over a period of time. So if you usually focus on physical self-care, like taking a break to breathe, make sure you're also getting some emotional self-care in there, like journaling or talking to a friend. If all you do is journal or if all you do is write down your feelings, so to speak, make sure you're going out to grab some coffee with friends or take a walk with friends. Uh, So you want to balance all these different areas for the happiest holiday season. We cannot emphasize self-care enough. I'm so glad you brought that up. Let's turn to immediate situations where you're about to lose your control or you've already lost it. It happens absolutely to the best of us, me as well. And no matter how calm of a person you are, those kind of moments come up. So do you have any tips for us on what to do? Any type of SOS tip? My first thing would be identify a trigger. So this might not be exactly in the moment, but if you're someone that kind of loses it more often, see if you can figure out what happens right before it. Is it somebody using a certain tone of voice? Is it actually a specific person that triggers you or a setting? Because a lot of the times that we can identify as trigger, we can stop that rush of emotion before it starts. Secondly, identify, is it a little or big deal? This is something that I use with students that I counsel, but a lot of the times we mistake a big deal for something that's actually a little deal. Not that big of a deal when we reflect back upon it. Get better at recognizing that in the moment. And then secondly is if you're in the middle of losing it, it is totally okay to stop mid-sentence, take a break, and say that you're going to step away. Then readdress the issue when you're calm. You might have a different perspective when you're calm. You might have the same perspective, but be able to address it in a more respectful way. And then lastly, breathing. I know we all have a different opinion on breathing if it works for us, if it annoys us, and we are entitled to this opinion. But there are some things that are just proven to be true. And when you breathe, your body physically has a physiological response. And so if in that moment, my breathing probably sounds very loud uh, on this recording, but if you take that physical breath, your body will reset and you don't need to take 10, 20 minutes, an hour away. In that moment, you can switch and calm yourself down physiologically by taking the time to do that breathing. On that note, Emery, we all have our favorite methods. You just gave one right there. Mine is writing in my gratitude journal every single day, doing breathing exercises. I am a huge fan of those. And I also add in a little meditation. But what is your favorite stress-reducing technique? I love that, Caroline. And I also think that's a great question because it changes depending on the situation. I love breathing also. But I tend to not do it until situations where I'm in the thick of my emotions. I'm really anxious or I'm really stressed. Something I more proactively do every day that is my personal favorite stress-reducing technique is getting outside. 
And I would prefer that outside time to be a walk or a run. But on days that I'm tight, even being outside for two to three minutes completely refocuses me. Um, And that's true for if I can step outside for a quick fresh air break at work or if it's after work, that's something that really helps me. And for the last thing that I want to mention as far as personal favorite stress-reducing techniques, I have mine, you have yours, but I want everybody to remember they have their own. And if you're thinking about this as far as your children, what could work for your children, remember that if you have a child that's younger than eight, they're actually in that stage where they can't stress reduce on their own. So they're in a stage that they still need, rather than self-regulation, co-regulation, which means they need somebody to help them. So you can't just say to your six or seven-year-old child, take some deep breaths. You need to get over, you need to kneel next to them and breathe with them. You need to say, you kind of seem a little overwhelmed right now. I get overwhelmed sometimes too. Let's breathe or something like that. So they're very much still in a stage we call with having a need for co-regulation. So whatever their deep feeling is, whether that's anger, whether that's sadness or stress, they're going to need you to be in that moment with them or at least send someone else. So that's my parting reminder for everybody today. And I hope that everyone makes it a great holiday season. Before we wrap up today, do you have a special wish for listeners? I do, Caroline. I hope that everyone took away something today. And with these different tactics and stress relieving ideas, I hope that everyone can make it an amazing holiday season. Thank you so much for taking time out of your really busy schedule to be with us on Facts Roundtable podcast. As usual, this is information-packed, action-packed data, and I'm grateful, and I know our listeners are grateful too. So thank you so much, Emery. Absolutely. Until next time. Before we end today, I just want to thank ALK for being a wonderful sponsor of the Fact Roundtable podcast. Thank you for listening to Facts Roundtable podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.